Tonight we will move into our back into our study, our continuing study of First John, and praise God, we're still moving on. Amen. All right, we got three back there that's got their Bibles open. Praise the Lord. Light, love, and freedom, and I hope that throughout uh, light, love, and freedom that uh, you have seen this in First John because. It's all throughout the Word of God in, uh, in 1 John. And uh, praise God it is. I don't know about you, but we need uh, more of His light in us, right? We need more of His love going through us, right, and reaching others. And we sure get to enjoy His freedom, don't we? Freedom found in Christ alone, amen? That's where it is. That's where it's at. But then we're in... Chapter 3 tonight, and I'm going to direct your attention. We're going to be in verses uh, 3 through 5, as we did not uh, really get into verse 3 last week. I'm going to begin reading in verse number 1, though. It says this in chapter number 3. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew Him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doeth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him. Praise God. For we shall see Him as He is. Boy, that's good, isn't it? Couldn't you just park there and just praise God for that? Man, that's good. Folks, to know we're not going to be like we are. No, we're going to be like Him, and I don't mean God. I mean, we're just going to be a reflection, ain't we? Praise God. Verse 3, And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin and the transgression of the law. And ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no Sin. Boy, I thank God there's no sin in Him. Amen. He's perfect, spotless, Lamb of God. Uh, Let us pray over the Word. Heavenly Father, God, I do thank You for Your Word again tonight. God, I ask that, God, You just opened our mind, God, opened our hearts. God, tonight that we can see the truth of Your Word, Lord. God, I pray You reveal that to us. And God, I pray we leave God drawing closer to you than how we walked in, God. We give you the thanks and we give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In uh, verse number 3, I draw your attention. Uh, he says here, And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Even as he is Pure. Well, I first want to say, thank God for the hope that is in Him. And uh, we've said it before as we've gotten to the uh, hope verses about our hope being our knowing. Uh, Thank God tonight we're not uh, wondering if we've turned our life over to Christ and surrendered to Him, if we're going to go to heaven or not. We know that we are. Uh, I think many times about, um, and I've said this this before, but there's many people that hope they're going to get to heaven. I mean, they think they've done everything right. They hope they've done everything right. And uh, just by some possibility, maybe they'll show up. That's the thought process of today. Uh, I've, I've literally had people say, well, you know, they've done this, they've done that, they've done everything that 
their religion requires of them. And I, I mean, I, surely they would go to heaven. Folks, can I tell you tonight, it just does not work that way. There is only one way. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. And that's, that's where it's at tonight. It's through Jesus Christ alone. Jesus Christ alone. To think, uh, to think that you could uh, work your way to heaven. Listen, that's not hope. That's the world's definition of hope. But our hope, if we're saved, and I know I'm saved, praise God, my hope is a no-so. It's a no-so. It's a treasure. So I don't have to be up at night wringing my hands, waking up in sweats, wondering a thousand years from now where I'm going to be. I say that because that's where my life was before I got saved. I'd wake up in the middle of the night worried to death where I was going to be a thousand years from now. I know that sounds crazy. I was 14 years old, and I'm wondering, where in the world am I going to be? I know I'm going to exist. I know I'll be somewhere but I don't know where that'll be. Oh, but the peace. I say the peace because our peace, folks, is our hope. Our hope. Think about that. I, I'd ask you if you're saved tonight, go back to the point of salvation when you got saved, when, when Christ came into your heart and you no longer were worried about eternity. You were no longer worried about the things to come because you knew, you knew you belonged to Christ. And He holds your eternity. Oh, tonight we can praise Him. Tonight we can thank Him for the hope that we have. I think about the blessed hope. How about the joyful hope? How about the, the comfort hope that we have in Christ? You know, I think about my loved ones that's went on to be with the Lord. And what a comfort it is to me. I'm so glad that I've got the Word of God. How much hope is found in the Word of God? Then I don't have to, listen, I know by their testimony where they are. And, and I know, I, I mean, I'm not going to have to go looking for them or, or wonder what happened to them, but by their testimony of being saved, I've got comfort, folks, and knowing where they are. Oh, what a hope that is, and the blessed hope that I will be there with them. What a reunion that'll be. Now, praise God, if that's in the rapture, I'll take it. I'll take it, amen, but I'll take it however it comes because how could it be any better than being with Jesus, being in glory? Praise God. Praise God for His hope, the hope of His coming. Tonight, as we get into this portion of Scripture, the hope of His coming, though, should lead us to live a godly life, pleasing unto the Lord. Uh, you say tonight, wait a minute now, you're talking, is, are you talking about a requirement here? No, I'm talking about a result. <laughs> I'm talking about a result because the hope that we have of the coming of Christ should lead us and guide us and, and really want us to live that godly life for Christ. You say, wait a minute, I mean, you know, is that the only reason? No, you, you live a godly life because you're saved, because you desire to please the Lord. But the very coming of Christ should, the hope of it should make us want to live a godly life. Should, should really uh, lead us to want to be close to Christ. You know, we talk about reading our Bible. You shouldn't have to feel like you're made to read your Bible. Think about that. I mean, seriously, I've known in my life people who literally have felt like 
it was a burden to read their Bible. Praise God we can read our Bible. Praise God we have the Word of God to go to. Prayer life. You know, people say, well, you know, I don't have a prayer life. And they'll agonize over prayer life like it's such a big burden. I'd ask you to do this. If you've honestly ever felt that way in your life, and I know we get busy, and I know we have all this stuff go on, just do it. Just do it. Because I can tell you this, God just, He blows the doors down. Boy, and through prayer, (laughs) through a life of prayer, God can do some just mighty things in your life. And talk about drawing you closer to Him. I don't know any greater closeness than to be on your knees before God. And you might say, I can't get on my knees. Put your heart on your knees. Yes, we can all do that, can't we? A place of surrender. Uh, There should be a great anticipation each day for the Lord's return. You know, and, and, and many times I think there's not an anticipation because we get so bogged down in daily life. And what I'm saying to you, I say to me, and I say to everybody else, we do, we get so bogged down in daily life that we forget anticipating the Lord's return. But can I tell you tonight, it's going to happen. It's going to happen because His Word is true. He is coming back. What did He say in John chapter 14? I will come again. And that He will do. That He will do. We should anticipate the Lord's return. Think of this uh, fact. We cannot uh, serve the world and please the world and at the same time serve and please God. Really, the hope that we have uh, should lead us and guide us to want to do different. I mean, really, if we're looking to Christ, I ask you this, how can we have our eyes upon Christ and have our eyes on the world at the same time? Hmm? We'll give attention to one or the other. If you ever really think about this, one chooses who they're going to serve and who they're going to look to, right? And it's made evident. It's made evident in your life, right? What's going on in here always comes out here. It just does. It just does. It always comes out. When we're focused on pleasing the Lord... (laughs) And we're spending our time pleasing the Lord. And I'm not talking about works again, okay? I'm talking about the opportunity that we have. I think many times as Christians we have our mindset wrong. Really it's our heart set wrong, right? We don't have to serve the Lord. We get to serve the Lord. And we invest our time in the things of the Lord. Can I tell you this? People talk about what you lose by going to church. What you lose in time that you can't maybe be on the river on Sunday, right? I mean, I've heard people say that. Well, I can't go fishing. I can't go hunting. I go back to one of the speakers I heard a couple years ago. Uh, He was a hunter and would not turn his life over to Christ because he kept thinking about what he had to give up. What he had to give up. And he said once he got saved, God opened so many doors, he ended up with a hunting show on TV, meeting people he had never had the opportunity to share the gospel he had never thought of, and he never missed a hunt. Matter of fact, he went on more hunts and bigger hunts than he ever thought he would in his entire life. And I say that, and I tell you that to tell you this, God's got great things in store for you. And what you think you might be giving up, God wants to blow the doors down and do something even greater than you could have even imagined. Boy, you got an interest in this or an interest in that. Let God get a hold of it. Give your, give your God-given talent and gift to Him to use you, and He'll, he'll, 
He'll use you in a mighty way. He'll use you in a mighty way. What am I saying? That's the hope should, that should be leading us and guiding us every day of our lives. To please Him. To want to serve Him. That's the hope I'm talking about. Verse number 4 says this, And whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. Let me say this, everyone who habitually does sin also habitually does lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. Now, uh, the first thing people think when they read that verse is, well, I'm not under the law, I'm under grace. Yes, <laughs> we're, we are under grace concerning salvation and our service to the Lord. But can I tell you, uh, what the law of God does, the law displays or po points out the sin in our lives. Can I ask you this? Without the law, what would we know what is sin? Now, the world's watering it down. Hmm? I mean, I've heard, words, uh, I've heard words like affair when it's really adultery. Huh? I mean, really, borrowing and it's really stealing, right? I mean, huh? I mean, and we laugh about that, but seriously though, don't we? We dress them up, don't we? How many of you know the law still matters, folks? The law still matters. And what God has to say about the law still matters. Because in looking at the law, we really see what God thinks of sin. And it's pretty serious. I mean, we don't like to look at it. We don't enjoy looking at it. But our sin is against God. Hmm. And nobody likes to think about that. But it is so true. It is so, so very true. Yes. Yes, we are under grace and salvation and service to the Lord. And His love is our motivation in all things. But the law still stands, folks. It still matters. I don't know about you. When I read the Ten Commandments, they still matter. They still matter. They still matter. We're under the law as a standard to define sin. And I'll say this, the law does not debate sin, it defines it. It defines it. God never debates what sin is in His Word. Not once. You don't have to wonder what is sin in the Word of God. He makes it very clear. Lastly tonight, and we're really... We're really out of time, but verse number 5 says this, And you know that He was manifested to take away our sins, and in Him is no sin. Can I tell you, that just speaks so directly to the deity of Christ and who He is. And who He is. I'm thankful tonight that Jesus was the perfect sacrifice. And to know that right now today, in 2020, he's still the answer. He's still the answer, folks. He's still the answer. When you really stack up our sin and how great and how of a magnitude our sin is in number, I mean, can, I, we can't. We can't even fathom it, really. We can't even imagine it, how great our sin is. If you was to stack all of our sin up, I mean, go back for all time, all of our sin, how great that is, and then you put it up against Christ, who is sinless. Who is sinless? Oh, think about how great, how great He is. And don't think there's not those that would have us to believe that that's different. 
Sure. There's been so many come along that would say Christ uh, wasn't uh, what Christ is and who Christ was as He was here. But folks, the very truth is, in Him, no sin. (laughs) Not a little bit, not a few, no sin. He is Christ. He is Christ. He is Christ. And for anybody to think anything different of that, they try to diminish the deity of Christ. We should be able to glory, glory in that very fact. Why is that? (laughs) Because God said that's what it would take. And that's exactly what God did. Think about that tonight. What would our salvation mean if it was any other way? Well, it wouldn't be salvation at all. It wouldn't be salvation at all. I want to, I want to give you a verse tonight. And, and talking about God's holiness and how pure He is. Sinless. Sinless. Think of Moses tonight. Think of Moses standing up there on Mount Sinai. Hmm? Yeah, we've all seen the movie The Ten Commandments, right? And watched that since we was kids or whatever for some of us in here that's younger in the room. Think about what that must have really been like. Think about what that must have really been like for Moses to say, I exceedingly fear and quake. Think about the holiness, the purity of God. Think about Isaiah in in Isaiah 5 and 6. He said, to see the Lord high and lifted up. How he experienced the holiness of God. Oh, how amazing that must have been. Isaiah 6, 5 then said, I woe is me for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Oh, how wonderful, how wonderful that must have been. And tonight to think how holy He is. We can't even imagine it. We can't even imagine it. God is holy. And tonight our standard is Jesus Christ alone. It's not somebody else. It's not tonight who you're sitting next to or who you think that you compare to. Guess what? God's not asking you to compare yourself to anybody. Boy, ain't that good news? (laughs) Jesus Christ is the standard. Why? Because He's our everything. Mm, And in the Lord is our salvation. Our salvation. He is our standard. Not this corrupt world, but Jesus. But Jesus. Revelations twenty two twelve. Greg, if you'd pop that up there, we're going to finish this out. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. Listen, not works for salvation, but works because we get to, folks. Because we get to. Because we get to live a life that's pleasing unto the Lord. I don't know about you. <laughs> I want to live a life pleasing unto the Lord. That's what matters. That's what matters. Christ living in us should have a purifying effect on our lives. That about sums it up. Who Christ is in us, who Christ is in us, 
or to lead us or to guide us. I say drive us because it just makes me want to live for Him even more to think about who He is, who He is. Tonight we'll give you an opportunity to pray, and we are over a little bit, and I apologize for that, but it'll be okay. Praise God, we got it in, and I ask you tonight, what really matters tonight is what we do with it. You know that? really doesn't even matter that we went over. It really matters what we do with it, what we take and do with it. So I ask you tonight, we'll give you a moment to pray and to seek the Lord. As, and as always tonight, the prayer, the uh, altar is open for prayer. And uh, listen, I praise God that the altar is open on Wednesday night. Praise God. Praise God, His line's always open. It doesn't matter where we are. His line's always open. Praise God, He is who He is. Amen. Let us pray tonight. Heavenly Father, God, I do thank you, God, for this time together, Lord. God, I do thank you for your precious word, God. God, I thank you for the grace that you pour out upon us, God. God, I thank you tonight for salvation. Thank you for your love, God. God, how you care for us. God, how you have a plan God, to know tonight that it doesn't matter where any of us are tonight in life. God, you have a plan for us. Thank you, Lord. And I ask tonight that, God, you continue to speak into our hearts. God, that we truly would draw closer to you. God, not to see who somebody else is in you, but God, to see what you want to do with us. God, that you just give us the courage to just step out and do what you call us to do. I praise you. Lord, I praise you and I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.